Hello, my friends. It's good to be back after our little break in between seasons. And today is going to be a shorter episode, but it's a really exciting one for multiple reasons. I get to share with you the theme of our upcoming season. And I finally also get to spill the beans on a secret that I have been keeping for a good many months. And I've alluded to it here and there, but I finally get to tell you all about it in today's episode. So here we go. You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I'm Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Okay, so first things first, let's start off with the season theme announcement. Are you ready for this? Drum roll, please. Our topic for this upcoming season, we are going to be diving deep into how to fund your homestead with a side business, or maybe not even a side business, an actual full-time business. But we're going to be talking all things homestead entrepreneurship, whether that's big or small, and maybe you don't have a business or you've never thought about having a side hustle or whatever they call it these days. We're also going to give you some ideas. So this is going to be an awesome season. We have a whole lineup of amazing guests that we are currently scheduling. Um, I'm excited to have some of these people on there. So my personal mentors and coaches, people I really admire and respect. So it's going to be good. And honestly, even if you have zero desire to ever do anything related to business, there's a lot of life lessons in these episodes as well. So you're going to love it regardless of where you are in your journey. And, you know, I think at first glance, maybe um, it might not seem like these topics necessarily go together. But one thing I have noticed as I get to know more and more homesteaders, and I really continue to dissect what makes us tick. And by us, I'm referring to the people who are continually drawn to this old fashioned lifestyle. Because like we've talked about in previous episodes, this thing that we do, this homesteading life, it's not for everyone. It doesn't speak to everyone. Um, It doesn't call to everyone, which is why I feel like it's so important that our online homestead community sticks together because sometimes, you know, when you're just out and about doing your everyday life in your local area, you don't always feel like you're necessarily in the majority because you're probably not. It's kind of a special sort of person who is wanting to buck the systems and live life differently and be more intentional and sometimes do things the hard way when it doesn't make sense to the rest of the world. So We're a special breed, and one of the traits that I've noticed to be consistent across homesteaders from all walks of life is that they tend to have some of the same traits that make entrepreneurs who they are, right? This fierce independence, this desire to be self-reliant and not to answer to anybody else, this desire to be in charge of our destiny, even if that means it's a higher level of risk 
this desire to do it yourself, be your own boss, like it's really very similar when you think about it, this idea of homesteading and entrepreneurship. So that has resulted in a lot of homesteaders I know just naturally gravitate towards owning some sort of business. And maybe it's not like a full-time business. Maybe they're still working outside of the home, working for someone else or being employed by a corporation, but they still have this desire to provide value to their communities and then create some sort of side gig from that. And over the years, I have touched on this briefly here and there. We've talked about it a few times here on the podcast, and I've talked about it occasionally on my blog and on my YouTube channel. Um, Recently, I launched my first little program for homestead entrepreneur folks or people who are interested in that. And we called it the self-funded homestead. And the goal of that program is really just to help people feel um, like they have options if they're wanting to fund the homestead projects in a more rapid fashion and infuse some more cash into their homestead budget. This little program I created is designed to help give you some ideas, some marketing plans, some business plans, kind of get those creative juices flowing. So if you want to go check it out, go to selffundedhomestead.com. I also have a coupon code for $50 off the price of the program just for podcast listeners. So if you type in uh, the coupon code podcast at the order page, you kind of have to scroll down to the bottom of the page, then you can get $50 off um, if you want to go check it out. But The reason I brought that up is because as I've been chatting with some of the students in the program, we have a little Facebook group and I, they'll post questions and we'll, I'll give them feedback on different ideas that they have. Um, There is some common themes and some common struggles that folks have, you know, how do you market your products? How do you deal with competitors? How do you deal with when you feel like the market's saturated? What if I don't have an idea? How do I come up with an idea? How do I hone in on all the things I love and really find the one thing that I'm meant to bring to the world? How do you figure out names? Like there's just so much that is universal for those of you who are interested in creating some sort of little side business to help your homestead dreams move along faster. And so that is the purpose behind this season is to give you actionable ideas and advice and hopefully lots of inspiration just to get your juices flowing as you're building out a business or an existing business, or maybe you just have that dream someday. I think you're really going to enjoy it. So stay tuned for all of that goodness coming soon. And now I am going to share my secret with you. Hey friend, I'm interrupting this episode for just a minute to talk about one of our favorite topics, mason jars. Who doesn't love figuring out a new way to use a mason jar? I know I do. But lately I have been on a mission to reduce the amount of single use plastics around our homestead. And I found a super cool tool that has helped me do that. Recap mason jar lids easily convert a regular old mason jar into a soap pump or a sprayer, or a strainer, or they make your pantry storage even handier. I've been using these lids to help me make kefir, to create bug sprays for my garden, and to use all the pantry supplies and herbs and spices in my cupboards. Recap Mason Jars is a super cool small company. They're based out of Pennsylvania, and of course, the lids are made in the good old US of A. 
When I was sharing with Recap some of the garden sprays I have been making this year, they wanted to put together a special gardening kit for you guys, my podcast listeners. It includes a pump, a sprayer, a couple flip tops, and two shaker inserts. You can use it for the garden sprays or you could use it for a million other uses, really. The sky is the limit. You can save $15 on this kit and get free shipping, and you don't even need a coupon. All you have to do is go over to theprairiehomestead.com slash recap and put it in your shopping cart. And now back to our This is an exciting secret. It's also been a scary secret. So this actually took place. April 21st was the day when this, when this was, um, we sealed the deal, but I haven't, honestly, I I haven't necessarily posted about it a ton just because this has been one of the biggest leaps I think we've taken thus far in our business journey. And I've just needed to process it (laughs) a little bit, but, um, here we go. What we did, we did something crazy, probably our craziest thing today. We bought a restaurant. Uh, most, more specifically, we bought a soda fountain, an old time soda fountain. Um, and you know what, when I've been telling people this, I've had a handful of people be very excited and supportive. And I would say the majority of people, when I tell them, they look like I've grown an extra head and they just kind of give me the side eye, like, what were you thinking? You just bought a restaurant on the tail end of a worldwide pandemic that killed a lot of restaurants, right? Shut them down. Um, and what are you thinking, Jill? And that's kind of, people haven't said that, but I can feel it, right? It's, I feel it. So here, here's why we did this, because we have a reason. And I think um, it's going to make a heck of a story someday. <laughs> uh, anyway, so this is Wyoming's oldest operating soda fountain. And it it is in this little town that is near us. We live, we don't live in this town. We live near it. It's called Chugwater, Wyoming. Yes, that is the actual name. It is a tiny town. Um, back in the day, a hundred, hundred years ago or so, it was one of the poppin' towns in Wyoming. Like there was a lot of stuff happening here and some big ranches and some historic stuff happened. And then everybody kind of moved to other towns around it. So it has continued to dwindle over the years. But this town has some cool history, uh, has a lot of potential. I've always thought that since the day we moved into this area. Um, And so for a couple years now, I've had my eye on this little business. It's called the Chugwater Soda Fountain, and it is actually the oldest operating soda fountain in Wyoming. It has the original bar, um, that was there when they opened the the establishment. The bar was made in England, and it was initially placed in a different business in a different portion of Wyoming, quite a ways away. And then it was sold to the soda fountain here in Chugwater, and they transported it across um, the plains and the mountains via wagon. And it now has lived in the soda fountain for a very long time. So it has the original bar, um, a ton of history, like many soda fountains. It started off as a pharmacy, you know, kind of the history of soda fountains. I've been learning a lot about them. It, they really had their heyday during prohibition, right? So people would, you, they kind of replaced um, the bars with going to the soda fountain instead for the bubbly drinks and all the novelties of the ice cream. And a lot of soda fountains had pharmaceuticals sold with them because there was, you know, that belief that the soda water kind of had some medicinal properties. And so it just made sense for everything to 
kind of go together. So the locals still call the soda fountain the drugstore, even though it hasn't sold pharmaceuticals for a very long time. Um, and there hasn't been a doctor or a pharmacist there, I think since potentially like the 50s, maybe the 60s was when that ended. But they still serve ice cream and they still have the old fashioned sodas and they um, serve some lunch and dinner items. But the soda fountain, how do I, how do I put this delicately? It needs some work. <laughs> it's a small town, right? Uh, it, it's had a variety of owners over the years and it's, it's kind of a mismatched establishment and it needs some TLC. It needs a lot of TLC. Uh, it doesn't even have an actual commercial kitchen up till now. The, uh, they've been serving their food and cooking their food on residential cooking equipment, which isn't really technically even allowed <laughs> with, uh, food safety protocols, but sometimes, you know, little towns can get away with different things. But anyway, uh, so much potential, so much cool history. It's so special to our little town. And I have actually had a photo of it on my vision board in my closet for several years. And I didn't know when or if or how someday I would have a role to play with this little business. But I just knew that I want, I was called to that. And every time I would drive by for years now, I would just think about it. And it just has always been something I've been interested in. And so initially I told myself that someday, maybe when I retire, which I don't really plan on retiring like traditionally, cause I don't, I just not into that, but when it be, I'm like, maybe when I'm like 60 someday, I'll buy a little <laughs> restaurant, like the soda fountain and I'll make pies for people and I'll feed people amazing food. And then I started to ask myself, why do I, why am I telling myself I have to wait till I'm 60? You know, if I'm feeling like this is something to do now, why do I need to wait? And so we started to pursue this, just asking uh, if it was for sale and talking to the current owners actually last fall. And I'll spare you all the gory details. There's been a lot of ups and downs on that. Um, you know, initially we went into it. I was pretty sure like that wasn't even a possibility. So I was holding it very loosely, like this idea. And then as we started to talk, we started to realize that there was some potential there. Um, and we continue to explore what it would look like to, you know, build a kitchen and and do some pretty substantial renovations and get it to where it's more operational and the building is solid and needs a new coat of paint. It needs new roofs. It needs everything. Floors, ceilings, pretty much every surface needs to be uh, addressed. So don't worry. We have um, definitely assessed our risks and thought through it for many, many months now and have talked to a lot of smart people and gotten a lot of wise counsel. And we decided to pull the trigger. And so on April 21st, we closed. And now we are officially restaurant owners. And the first week after we closed was really hard and really overwhelming. It's probably one of the hardest weeks I've ever had as an entrepreneur. And interestingly enough, not only were we dealing with this whole new world of Oh, they're out of ice cream. Oh, the internet's down. How are they going to process credit cards and getting the point of sale system set up and all, you know, all these new things, which I knew would be coming. Some of you recall, if you follow me on Instagram, we lost a ton of animals that week. It's just like our whole life just like felt like it was exploding or imploding or, or falling apart. So that was a rough week. And it was one of those times when, you know, it's fun to post about the highs and the victories of entrepreneurship and, and homesteading when we're online. But that was a week where, you know, we were in the Valley and I honestly spent a lot of time crying <laughs> and just like feeling like I wanted to crawl into a hole. 
Um, but we survived and we now are doing a lot of problem solving and thinking through how we can make this business more profitable and better serve the customers and really honor the history that comes with this really special business. So I'm telling you this, I don't know, for a couple of reasons. I guess I always love to bring you guys along for all of our crazy adventures. You know, and we talked about on one of the last uh, podcast episodes of our season, the Bucking the System season, I talked about cultivating homestead community. And even though owning a tiny soda fountain in a uh, little Wyoming town isn't necessarily super homesteading related, I feel like for us, and this is not true for everyone, so don't feel pressured, but for us, part of us cultivating this community that we homestead in and we rely on is investing in the community itself. And for us, that looks like buying a little restaurant and seeing if we can help it. Um, for you, it, it very likely could look completely different. But I am excited for this next stage. Um, for those of you whose first thought was, how is she going to handle this? Just just so you know, we do have a manager, a very good friend of ours with restaurant experience. We have her on board with us. I could not do this without her because I don't know a thing about owning a restaurant. Even though this, this isn't a full scale restaurant, like I just, it's, this is a whole new world for me. I never worked food service uh, in high school or as a young adult. My high school job was working at a Jiffy Lube. So I know how that works, but I've never even been a waitress or a hostess. So Christian and I are learning a lot of things. But we do know business and we do know marketing and we do know how to serve people. So we're going to take those lessons that we've learned in our other businesses and apply them to this. And will we mess up? Yep. And will we do things wrong? Absolutely. Uh, but with the smart people we have helping us and counseling us, I think, I think we have a good shot. So I also want you to know, because I, I feel like I've talked about this before, but I I'm going to continue to normalize this because I am determined to help people um, stop feeling so much fear around their dreams. Or rather, I don't know if I can help them stop feeling the fear. I want them to feel the fear and do it anyway. I know we were called to invest in this restaurant, even though it, it seems illogical to some of the people around us. Some people have not been supportive. There's even people in the town that aren't supportive because they feel like we're going to ruin the soda fountain. And I have reassured, reassured them we're not going to ruin it. We're going to try to be, honor its roots and honor its history. But they, you know, there's people don't like change. And so that's been a big hurdle to deal with some of the gossip and the negativity surrounding this big leap for us. But I want you to know, like, even though we're called to this, even though I'm passionate about this, and I'm so stinking excited I get to work on this project, guys, it was so scary. Like, it's scary doesn't mean I'm not supposed to do it. And if you're scared of something that you're feeling called to do, it doesn't mean you're not supposed to do that thing. But you have to push through that because anytime you're getting out of your comfort zone, I don't even if it's homesteading, buying your first set of chickens or um, getting a milk cow or figuring out how to finally make sourdough bread with your own sourdough starter. Like there's always that trepidation that will come up. That is normal. That is just part of the human experience. And if you never push through that, you're going to miss out on so much. And I know this because in these other stepping stones in my life, I've been taught and I have learned how to push through that fear. And we've talked about this before. There's a difference between 
fear like, oh, I'm walking through a dark alley and somebody's following me and I need to get out of this place. That's a good, healthy fear that we should listen to, right? Versus the type of fear that is there to keep us in our comfort zones. And we all know that comfort zones never helped anybody. They don't help you grow. They don't help you get to where you are called to be. They don't help you follow your passion. So there's a difference there. But fear is a part of this process. Um, And I know we're supposed to do this, but it's still scary. And I don't know what I'm doing. And sometimes you just got to jump out of the airplane, right? And build that parachute on the way down. Um, We've still done our due diligence and we have assessed the risks and we've taken those wise steps. But even with all of that, there's still a point where you just got to jump. So we jumped last month. We did a big old jump right out of the airplane and we're free free falling right now in real time, figuring things out, um, learning about how to set up commercial kitchens and how to build out hood systems and how to price food on menus. Like some of that's in place, but a lot of it just needs some work. So it's a good thing, right? I know that I'm going to learn so much from this process I already have, and I'm so excited to see um, who I get to become as a part of this next phase in my entrepreneur journey. So we will continue to share lessons that we learn and things that happen as we renovate the Chugwater Soda Fountain. For those of you who are in the Southeast Wyoming area, or you're traveling through, put that on your list of places to stop. Maybe not right this second, because we're going to be doing some substantial construction, but um, we're hoping by midsummer that it's going to start looking a lot different. And I'm really excited to be able to share just the coolness of this little town's history with more people. So if you're on the, the brink of a new idea or a new passion project or a new business and you're feeling scared and you're feeling like, oh, should I just retreat back into my safe little hole and just stay here because it's what I know and it's what's familiar? Know that if you're going to venture out there, I'm out there with you. I'm, I am standing on the ledge, taking leaps, and it's okay to, to be a little scared. But the thing I always ask myself is, if I don't do this, if I don't act on this calling or act on this feeling in my gut, how will I feel about it someday when I'm old and gray? And when I ask myself that, when I asked myself about that, about the, the soda fountain, and I thought, you know, I've had this draw, unex- inexplicable draw towards the soda fountain for two years, three years, just fascinated by it, wondering what I could do with it. How could we help it? How could we turn it into something super cool? Like I thought, what if I don't do that? How will I feel about that when I'm 65? And I thought, you know what? I think I would regret not giving myself the chance to try it out. Maybe I will fall flat on my face. Potentially it could happen, but never giving myself a chance to see what could happen, I think would be something I would regret. So that's how I think through those feelings. So if you're on the edge, I, I'm right there with you, friend. We can walk this journey together. Um, and you're going to love, once you take that leap, the lessons that you learn in the process. So much good stuff. And that's how we really develop, I believe, as individuals um, and become a little bit closer of who we were created to be. So that's my secret, friends. Been working on that one for a while. And who knows where it will take us, but I'm excited to see how it goes. So 
I will be back uh, in a few days with our first official episode of this season. I'm going to have my very good friend, Sienne Castle on. She's going to talk about how to bring a product to market. So if you've been thinking about, um, you know, a soap business, a farm product business, maybe you're making handicrafts and you're thinking of how to start selling those. She's going to give you a ton of ideas. Sienne is a master at beautiful packaging and understanding your market and, She's so good. You're going to love what she shares. So be sure to come back for that. If you want to grab the coupon for $50 off the self-funded homestead program, go to selffundedhomestead.com. The coupon code is podcast, and you'll just have to input that. Go down to the bottom of the order form page, and you'll see a box where you can input that and get the discount. So I'm excited for this season, friends. Please shoot me your business ideas. If you are thinking about things in your you're dreaming, shoot me a message on Instagram or over on Facebook. I'd love to hear what you're working on, what is calling to you at this moment. So lots of good stuff. And that's all I have for you today. We will chat again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.